Hello and welcome to Automators. My name is Rosemary Orchard and as always I am joined by my fellow co-host David Sparks. Hey David, how are you today? I am great, Rosemary. Except we're talking about meetings today, so I'm a little anxious. <sighs> yeah, well it's one of these things. Meetings, especially nowadays with, you know, a whole global pandemic, there's a lot of extra meetings I'm finding. Meetings that previously would not have been meetings. Uh, because you might have just run into somebody in the corridor, but you can't just run into somebody in the corridor nowadays because smart social distancing. So we thought we'd figure out how to automate, you know, one of those pesky meetings away and get you some time back. Yeah, I feel like with the pandemic, everybody thought they'd get less meetings. But now that everybody has figured out how Zoom works, it feels like there's more meetings. Yeah. So yeah, my workplace, we have thoughts. Yeah, my workplace has Zoom, GoToMeeting and Microsoft Teams. Oh, great. That's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. The the thing that I've noticed is Teams uh, and stuff is smart. It won't let you like be in multiple meetings at the same time, which I've discovered is why we have three different systems, because people expect me to sort of listen to three different meetings at the same time, which does not work. There's no way I can do it. Uh, and so I've just been declining lots and lots of meetings and saying, yeah. no, sorry, I, I have another meeting at that time. Pick a different spot. Um, and uh, that, that kind of brings me to, to the first part of automating a meeting because there's meeting invitations and actually scheduling meetings because that's always the tricky thing the last thing that i like to see is an email thread of 20 different hey so can you do this time 9 a.m tuesday no sorry i've got a doctor's appointment at 9 a.m tuesday how about uh 9 a.m wednesday oh no 9 a.m wednesday is no good for me how about 10 30 on tuesday and six hours later you've got 300 emails in your inbox from the 20 people who theoretically have to attend this meeting and, yeah. you know, you've just wasted, you know, what feels like an entire day trying to arrange a meeting. And there are so many better solutions to that out there. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things you have to look at is how many people are going to be in the meeting. I, I would say the first automator slash productivity tip on this, if it's just like a meeting with one other person, one of the easiest ways to solve that is just to propose a time when you're yes. like, hey, Rose, let's get on the phone. How about next Tuesday at 2 p.m.? And mm -hmm. then it's done. So quite often people will be like, why, yes, David, Tuesday at 2 p.m. would be just fine. And then you don't have to deal with all that. Yeah. Another good tool uh, that kind of brings automation to play for the one-on-one -on -one or maybe three-person meetings, uh, Fantastical has a new feature if you're a subscriber where you can send out multiple meetings and uh, or meeting proposals and they get a nice web page they don't have to be fantastical subscribers for it to work but um the recipients get an email and they can just click the one they want and then that sets the meeting for you yes now the automator tool that makes that cool is that when you send out the proposals fantastical will reserve all of those times on your calendar because nothing is more frustrating like than sending out three proposals to somebody and because you have the time available, but they wait three days to reply to you. And then when they get back and reply, of course, all that time is booked now. And you sound like a jerk for saying, well, now I can't do it because you waited too long. But it, it I find that quite frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's another tip that I would throw in there. I actually have, uh, I have most email notifications turned off. 
Um, but I, what I've done is I've got a mail rule. So I'm using mail on my work machine. Um, and I have it flag or color any meeting invitations that come in in red so that I can quickly scan and see all of those meeting invitations and just go yes or no to every single one of them because they're red and they're in my inbox. And when I accept or decline them, they disappear out of my inbox. So that helps me with that. Um, and I should figure out something, um, I, I use uh, Google Mail as the the back end for my domain email. Should figure out something with with that as well, so that whenever I get fantastic invites uh, from you, then it's like, "Hey, David sent you a super important email. Deal with this." Maybe it sends me a push cut notification. I don't know. Well, I think you could do that again with an Apple Mail rule because Fantastical tags those mails. So I, I just have to see when I think the subject line has the same text all the time. Yes, except for the fact that I don't use Apple Mail on my personal side of things ah, at the moment. I'm currently gotcha. using AirMail. Um, and I like to make sure that everything works. So I tend to do things like that on the server side. Um, but yeah, there, there are plenty of options. And Fantastical's. Kind of in a digression for a second. Yeah, You're using AirMail and Apple Mail at the same time. Airmail, when you try to save a link to a mail, uses an airmail link. Yes. And Apple Mail does not. Doesn't that drive you crazy having two separate sources for those links? No, because my work mail is done with Apple Mail and then my personal stuff is done with Airmail. So okay. it, it so works you, perfectly. You segregated the yeah. accounts. Yes. Yeah. The the only thing is is in mail on my iOS device, I also have one of my personal accounts enabled because whenever you try to send a bug report in an app it defaults to the mail app at the moment because we haven't got as far in the ios 14 beta as setting uh, uh new default mail apps or or new default browsers um and so i do have a personal ma- my personal mail enabled in mail on my iphone but i also have notifications entirely turned off for that so it, it doesn't bug me fortunately yeah they announced a big update to airmail so i installed it just to see how it's doing. And of course it added those four or five folders to my system. I'm like, airmail, why you got to keep doing this to me? <laughs> why? Yes. Well, I, I, I've just given up and I leave those there because the, the custom automations inside of airmail make it easy, which, you know, is one of those things I can actually from an, from an email in airmail, you said this today, a diversion, David. I don't think it is a diversion. I think it's different. Um, it's it's leading me into the next thing. I can actually send an email to my calendar. Um, and so I can take something where somebody has said to me, hey, do you think we should get together on Tuesday at 10? Um, and I can actually just add it to my calendar for Tuesday at 10, that email. And then I have that reference back when I get to that meeting time, Tuesday at 10, um, which is really handy for me. Yeah, you can do the same thing with Apple Mail, but it requires a drag. You can drag from the, yeah. like on iOS, you can drag from the Apple Mail to the uh, to the calendar event, whether it's in Fantastical or the standard calendar app. The, the email links can come over on the Mac. It's even easier. Um, but, you know, what we didn't talk about is what happens if you want to get together more than two or three people? What if you want to put six people on a meeting? And there are some solutions for that, too. Well, I try and avoid those meetings. But uh, yeah, 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 there are some solutions. Uh, one of the things I would say is if your organization uses Exchange, um, then Exchange has a built-in calendaring schedule tool where you can add all of your invitees and to a meeting and then see when everybody's busy or free. Uh, now, this only works if they've let you see the busy free side of their calendar. 
um, but it can be very useful. And it's, you know, if you're already using Exchange, it's free. Uh, and I'm pretty certain if your organization is using G Suite, then you can see that as well. But I'm the only person in my organization on G Suite. So I've struggled to test that unsurprisingly. Um, but that's a great solution. And that does require everybody at the meeting to be in the same system. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, and so, you know, it has its swings and roundabouts, but if it's an internal meeting and you've already got the system, then it also means that if somebody says, oh, but I'm busy at that time, you can say, oh, but I didn't see that in your calendar. Um, and just remind people that possibly keeping their calendar up to date is usually a good thing. Yeah. Back when I was uh, in the, the office in the, uh, in the firm and we did, you know, we use the exchange calendaring system. I blocked off like almost all of my time. So no one could ever do that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there's a very limited window where you could sneak into my calendar, but uh, I guess I have a bias against meetings anyway, but you do have occasionally need to put a meeting together. And, uh, and if you don't have a system like exchange where it's all internal, or if you've got folks coming from, you know, other companies or people who are not on the team that are going to participate. One of my favorites for this is Doodle, D-O-O-D-L-E. And it's just, it's always worked. You go there. I I don't have an account. I've never given them any money, but you just go in there and you list your availability and you, you send out a link. I just get the copy of the link and I send it out in an email to everyone Say, just please go in and fill it out. And it does fine. Yeah, it, it works great. Um, we both use this actually to sign up for it's something that we're going to be on that's not automators related. Um, and it worked great. I sign into Doodle with my Google um, account and I have the app installed on my iPhone. And this is great because if somebody sends me a, a Doodle link, then I can open it on my phone and it automatically checks my calendar and sees, hey, you're busy at these times and just checks off the ones that I'm available and then I can go through and manually modify it. Um, and uh, then hit send and save it. And if you log into Doodle when you are submitting your availability, then if something changes, you can go back in and change it later, uh, which is yeah. pretty useful. Um, so that's a bonus Doodle tip for you there. There you go. And, and I, I, I find I use that about once a month because I have to put a meeting together for somebody. And even when it's a meeting I'm attending, like if someone invites me to a meeting and I just know that the email chain is about to start. You you know what I mean, right? They're yeah. like, oh, do you want to come to this? And I, yeah, I'm just dreading like, well, Tuesday works for me. How about everybody else? And then, so, so I just like take the initiative, even though I was invited to the meeting, I'm like, yeah, I can do it. And here's a doodle for the meeting. And I've already set my availability. And then everybody can just work off my availability. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but it certainly just cuts down on all the email. Yes. Um, and it, I, I wouldn't say it's passive aggressive. I would say you're taking the initiative. Uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. Um, there are also some other great tools out there that you can use to help organize meetings. Uh, Calendly is one. Wemworks is another one. Full disclosure, I own Wemworks um, and I'm working on a big update. There's a couple of bugs with iOS 13, 14 at the moment, which I'm trying to iron out there, where you can basically set up appointment times or appointments that people can book and it checks your calendar based on the criteria you set up um, and just shows people basically a calendar where they can be like, oh, yeah, uh, Tuesday at 1030 is the right time for me. And the beauty of these links is you can reuse them. So you can always let, for example, uh, David has a link for automators where he can always book it and it will get added to the automators calendar. Um, Now, uh, I'm pretty certain, David, that you've forgotten this link because it's usually like, hey, does 
Thursday at 10 work for you? And the answer is pretty much always yes. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, and th- that that's easier for us. But services like that work great, especially if you're working and you're letting other people book your time, like clients or something, and they want to, you know, pick your brains at a specific time for a specific length of time, then you can let them say book you for an hour. Um, and a lot of these services hook up to Zapier and stuff as well. OneWorks doesn't yet. Calendly does. Um, it's a great service. Um, and uh, that allows you to chain other automations together too. Now, I just want to stop for a minute. Rose owns WinWorks, right? She just kind of said that yes. quickly. I thought, Rose, that you were still like in the midst of development on it. Is it now it's available again so I can start using it? Yeah, yeah, it is available and it's on the App Store. But as as I mentioned, uh, you know, it doesn't work perfectly right now, depending on your iPhone usage. There's a weird iOS bug in there that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, it keeps killing uh, the app in the background, unfortunately. Uh, but it is available and it, it works pretty well. Um, and it lets you uh, do everything through your iPhone. So I don't actually have your calendar data on the server. Uh, I just have your availability on the server, which is uh, one of the reasons why I like it. Okay, so first of all, I'm not using Doodle anymore. I'm using Rose's product. And second of all, uh, it works very differently uh, because if you want multiple people to choose a time that's available for you, then that's available for everybody, then something like WemWorks is going to work much better. Whereas if you are somebody and you want to let people book time with you based on criteria you've set up, then WemWorks is going to be the right solution or Calendly or one of the other competitors. They're all good. All right. Well, as soon as you get the bugs ironed out, I expect you to tell us on the show, Rose, yes. so all of us can start using it. Yeah, I will do. I'm hoping right. that I can I can get that out in October sometime, but we'll see. I'm not making any promises just yet. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's tough, sister. It's tough. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we've got a variety of services, though, that can help you pick a time for the meeting. And then when you set the meeting, I like to, to also use some of the integrations for some of these online services like um, zoom has a great integration a lot of calendar apps work with it the one i use the most is fantastical and fantastical you can literally set the zoom meeting in the fantastical event and Mm -hmm. then so once you set it you send it out to everybody it's got the zoom stuff attached to it and you're done yes yeah that's great um and i i i really like doing that uh, you can, of course, also just create uh, an invite or a, a meeting inside of Zoom and have it add to your calendar, um, which works too. Um, but I would definitely recommend inviting people to the calendar event because, or sending them the calendar event file because it's surprising how many people will then forget to put something in their calendar and then double book themselves. Uh, whereas if you send them the the actual invite through the calendar system, then it pops up in their calendar and blocks them off. So uh, they know that they are busy talking to you then. This episode of Automators is brought to you by The Uptake, a new show on all things tech and community from Microsoft. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The Uptake covers topics in the world of tech, as well as how-tos on professional learning, development, and community building. Each episode features members of the tech community. The conversations are pretty fun, and each show has a focused topic, guest interviews, local and global community news, plus updates on event conferences and more. And just so you have an idea of what to expect, I want to tell you about some of the topics you might be interested in that were on previous episodes. They've talked about personal and career growth, along with imposter syndrome, and a topic they call less code, more power. I listened to an episode on sketchnoting, and what really struck me is how obviously everybody involved had actually tried sketchnoting 
and how they compared it to their regular experiences of taking notes. As someone who is a copious note taker, but has always wanted to try sketch notes, it was really helpful to give me that perspective that I needed. Go ahead and listen to it now. Just search through the uptake wherever you get your podcasts. That's U-P-T-A-K-E. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to The Uptake and Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, Rose, we're still talking about getting ready for the meeting and we haven't even mentioned shortcuts. How could we not do that? I know, but at the same time, shortcuts is a great tool. But the key thing that for me it's missing with the actual calendar event creation is invitees. So if I create a calendar event, I can't invite you to it. Now, of course, for automators, we share a calendar, which is another great automation tip, because then you don't have to make sure the other person adds things to their calendar. You just put things in hopefully the right calendar, um, and then the other person knows about it. Now, the right calendar part is something that both David and I have managed to mess up a few times. Um, I was looking for, uh, I think it was this particular episode, and you said it was in the focus calendar. Uh, So that's an easy mistake to make. Um, But um, so if you are sharing a calendar, Shortcuts is a great way to just say, hey, uh, it's going to be this episode number. The topic is this, and we're recording, you know, Thursday at 7 p.m. my time, and then it drops it into the automator's calendar. That's how I do it. And then boom, we're done. Um, But there are plenty of other ways to use shortcuts with meeting prep. Yeah. I I mean, one of the things I like to do with it, and back when I worked in a firm and I had a a bunch of people I worked with on a regular basis, um, I had automation and this was actually before shortcuts. So I I had to do it differently, but I would, today I would use uh, shortcuts automation where you can prep emails and notifications to people one of the most important things I think you can do with automation before a meeting is automate meeting prep. And we just did an episode on document preparation or document automation. And I think a key document that would be great for automation would be a meeting agenda because they're so often they've got a lot of the same things. They've got the date, the time, the title is meeting agenda. You've got some agenda items which are going to change, but at the end, I always have on every agenda that I make action items at the bottom with a line for who's responsible for each action item. Mm-hmm. So you could you could script that out very easily in shortcuts. You could script it on the Mac with the Keyboard Maestro or you can make a text expander snippet that fills it all in for you in an email. But there's just so so many of the greatest hits of automators would be useful for making that uh, agenda. And then with shortcuts, you could have an email prepared that's already addressed to the team members and you could write the agenda items into a, um, like a text field in shortcuts and do the same thing and just do variable substitution. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, like, it seems like there's a thousand ways you could do this, but all of them involve automation. Yes. Um, actually, the episode we have with Scotty Jackson, he mentioned one of his shortcuts is actually a meeting preparation shortcut, and it pulls tasks out of OmniFocus with the tag for the person that he's having the meeting with, which I think is a great way of doing things. If you've got OmniFocus and you've set things up to do that, I think uh, he said he was using DataJar to store the the tag in OmniFocus for that. Yeah. You know, that that's one way of doing it. Another way could be using drafts. Um, I often know I've got meetings coming up and I just store things that we that I think we ought to talk about there in drafts so that I can just pull up that draft uh, A in the meeting, but also before the meeting and just email it to everybody so that, you know, people aren't blindsided by these topics in a meeting and going, well, I don't know, I'm going to 
think about that, um, which is one of the reasons why this is great. It's also great because people forget about meetings and it lets them put it back in their calendar or say, actually, uh, we can't do a meeting. Uh, how about an email? I can do this in an email, which goes back to your favorite thing, David, of avoiding meetings. Yeah, we, we've got that in the outline. You know, let's use automation to avoid the meeting altogether. We're going to get to that at the end. Yeah. But the, uh, one of the things I would consider adding to that template, and this, I don't know if this is automation advice, but life advice, is, again, just like I hijack the doodle, I also hijack the agenda when I get invited because nobody ever uh, distributes them. So if I've got enough um, authority in the meeting that I can, I will put together an agenda Mm-hmm. And I'll email it out to everyone like a week in advance. And I will also put in there a couple, there's two things I always do. I say, here's the agenda. If you have anything you want to add, let me know before the meeting, the magic word before the meeting. Yes. And and so often um, that's enough to keep people from adding things at the meeting, which is not what you want. No. The other thing I do is I have... Um, a time and, and you know the common idea is well a meeting is going to be 30 minutes one hour or two hours and why you know why is it always one of those three time increments because usually it's not you know so i actually have a, a blank fill in line where i say i anticipate the meeting will take 20 minutes mm-hmm. or i anticipate the meeting will take 10 minutes and uh, the other thing i can do is i can put in there to say the meeting will end at 10 20 AM, you know, and just like write it in there in the announcement email. Yeah. And th- that way everybody can feel free to make appointments at, you know, at 10 30 and it, it's fine. And, uh, that's just stuff you can do all with your automation in your script. Cause you'll forget to do it otherwise. And the other advantage of that is putting that out in advance. First of all, it shows that you're on top of things, but too, it kind of sets the tone for the meeting that we're here to get the business done. And it's yeah. fun to talk about non you know business stuff, but let's do that some other time when everybody isn't being, you know, paid to sit around and do nothing. Yes, definitely. Um, the other thing that I would mention on that, David, is you said that, you know, the me- you anticipate the meeting will take 20 minutes. I tend to book meeting appointments for longer than I think we need. Not by a huge amount. I won't book a three-hour meeting for something I think can be done in 30 minutes. But I will book forty-five 45-minute meeting for something that I think needs 30. And the reason for this is people are late because they have back-to-back meetings. And if you finish early, people are usually happy that they actually have time to go to the bathroom and deal with stuff Um you know, before the next time. So I tend to overestimate on that and just say, I think it's going to take about 45 minutes. And then if we finish in 30 minutes, people are rarely unhappy about finishing early. Uh, This, of course, depends massively on your work environment. But I know that in my job where people have just got constant back-to-back meetings, finishing early is seen as a wonderful and amazing thing and has made me many, many friends. You know, something occurs to me that I've been doing for a long time that I should have been automating. Uh, in relation to meetings is often I will also schedule prep time Mm -hmm. for meetings. If I'm going to meet someone, I like to be prepared. You know, you don't want to show up and seem like a bozo. So uh, when I'm doing my Sunday week planning, I look at my meetings on schedule for the week and not, this is the problem why I've never automated it. It's not all of them, but some of them I will prep uh, planning time. Mm -hmm. 
some of my meetings I can show up without prep and still not look like a bozo. So it just, just depends on what the content of the meeting is. So as I'm looking at my week calendar on Sunday, I'll go through and just drag in a half hour, an hour sometimes in advance to like get everything ready for whatever the meeting's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but I should be able to automate that. And I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I would probably do it on the uh, shortcuts and I would just have it search for calendar events in the next week in certain calendars because they're only in certain calendars that I need to prep, like the legal calendar and the Max Sparky calendar. And then I would say if it contains the word meeting, then I would probably have it ask me, do you want prep time and how much? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it would actually be faster than the way I currently do it of just manually dragging in. But as an automator, I probably would have to try it anyway just to see how it works. I would personally, so I have a shortcut that I run on Fridays and it pulls a list of my meetings for the next week um, and helps and helps me send out like a little prep email like, hey, you know, these people are invited. Is everybody still good for this meeting at this time? Um, You know, to talk about this and this I then copy paste from wherever usually drafts sometimes our internal wiki. Um, But what you could do, um, because I have it present a list of those calendar items to me. Um, because it, it pulls them in and then I take off the ones that I want to send the email for. You could pull in the list of calendar items and just check off the ones that you want to do prep for. It could subtract yeah. 30 minutes from the start of the meeting and then yeah. just add a 30 minute event for each of those. And OK, you might have to manually move some of them around because, you know, if you do have almost back to back or back to back things, you may not have the 30 minutes in between. You can maybe prep some stuff the day before. Um, but you know, once, once it's in your calendar, then that's easy. Cause that's how I do time blocking. I just have it dump a whole bunch of events into my calendar on Monday at 5 PM. And then I drag things around to, to move because, you know, yeah. there's, there's no such thing as a perfect automation, uh, when it comes to time blocking, because my week, every week is different. And, uh, in two weeks I'm moving. So my week is going to be very different for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I've been, um, just to go down that tangent a little bit, I've been experimenting with both doing it as shortcut and, doing it as just a recurring event you Mm -hmm. know and the recurring event is kind of nice because then i look in you know three months i still kind of know what i want to be doing on most days of the week yeah and then that's my default behavior i've got to like have a reason not to yeah the downside is that dreaded confirmation dialogue box (laughs) whenever you have a recurring event and you move it change the length do anything to the event you have to say do you want to change everyone in the future or just this one? I, I wish there was a way to say, you know, don't, you know, don't ask me that. Just always make it a one-time thing. Yeah. You know, make me f- go in somehow into the event editor or something to, to change it permanently. But so I, I hate that confirmation dialogue box. So uh, I, I can't make up my mind whether it's easier to do that with like a, an, a, a shortcut that just dumps some them in or, instead just make recurring events i i honestly still struggle with that yeah i've i've gone with most things are a shortcut that are in a shortcut but there are some things that i struggle to calculate um so for example we take it in turns to release the automators episode so every four weeks in my calendar i have a time block recurring to prep and release automators uh but I, i move this around pretty much every single time because it you know, it's in there as a block that needs to happen on the Friday, but sometimes I do most of it on the Thursday and then a little bit on the Friday just to make sure everything's done and out the door on time. It varies. Yeah. Um, so um, that confirmation dialogue does drive me slightly insane, but I like having it in there as a little, you know, like, oh, yeah, don't forget. Really, don't forget. This has to be done. 
All right. So I just want to go back to your um, shortcut yeah. where you're pulling meetings for the next week. Yes. And so it's preparing an email. How is it deciding where those emails get sent? The invitee. So um, even okay. though in shortcuts, you can't invite people to an event with an event the, with the create calendar event action, um, you can get the details of a calendar event. And you can then get the invitees. I think it's called invitees. Uh, get details of event attendees. That's the action. Um, and then you can uh, get their name um, from it. Um, and uh, yeah, you can figure it out from there. It's not perfect. I have it then look things up in my contacts. And I do have to ex sync my exchange contacts to my phone for that. Uh, for work stuff and for everything else. Uh, it, it tries to look things up. Um, and uh, as I said, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, and it creates a whole bunch of draft emails for me, which I then go through and manually double check. Uh, I don't have it automatically send anything uh, because there have been some hilarious bloopers in there where I've pasted the wrong agenda. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to follow up on this, Rose. I, I think this is something I want to do, but I want to address the meeting prep time and the also uh, another calendar event I sometimes create is a post meeting time. Like if it's a, an important meeting, I actually will schedule myself time afterwards to go back to my desk mm -hmm. and kind of make sense of what just happened. And like sometimes if I took on a bunch of responsibility and get it like into OmniFocus and to my systems so I, you know, don't drop the ball. So um, maybe what I need to do is make a kind of a big shortcut that looks at the meetings and gives me multiple options and confirmation emails. So I don't know, gang, that I'm going to have that out by the time the show publishes because that's going to take a little while and I am super busy right now. But uh, just keep an eye on the um, the Max Sparky blog and I'll go, I'll post it in the Automators forum once I get it mm -hmm. um, done. You've inspired me. I think I, I think I could go some automation steps with this and make it better. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that you can automate with this and you can go nuts with it and go crazy or you can keep it super simple. I have different uh, shortcuts for different kinds of meetings. So, for example, I have one for all my work stuff and then one for my personal stuff because prepping for automators and stuff is something that's going to happen for every single automators episode. Same with nested folders and with any other podcast I need to be on, uh, I will you know, have a, a prep time dumped in my calendar. Um, and I don't send confirmation emails to double check with, with you and with Scotty and with whoever else is hosting for, for these events, because, uh, they, they will, you know, if something's up, then you're going to send, send me a message and go, Hey, I've got a problem. Um, and, uh, so, yeah. So let's use that as an example. So automators, we have a format of our calendar event. Yeah. Well, it's also in a specific calendar and it's not an all day yeah. event. So for, yeah. for me, that's easy. And it's the exact same thing with nested folders. It just looks for an event that is not an all-day event in either of those calendars. And that's prep time beforehand. And then it just, it, it schedules you a prep time. And like, like you, I do, I schedule prep time too, but I do it on my Max Sparky calendar, not on the automators calendar, because you don't need to see. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't put it in the automators calendar. I dump it in my, in my time blocking calendar. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, it, it, it checks based on yeah. the calendar that the event is in what kind of prep it is that I need to do. Yeah. But like, for instance, if it sees an a automators event that's not an all day event, 
it then in the rose calendar, not the automator's calendar, it will set a prep time an hour in advance, I assume, or something like that. I usually have it put an hour in the day before just because if there are any automations yeah. I want to create or dig out or modify for the outline, um, yeah. then I can go ahead and take a look at those um, and make sure um, and doing it right beforehand. Uh, is tricky, especially with the whole eating thing, because we usually record shortly after dinner for me. Now, if you are not fortunate enough to have a calendar that rarely has a non all day event in it. So uh, you're at work and your work calendar has a bunch of uh, events in it. I think what I would do with shortcuts, it would be easy enough to look for events in a certain calendar that have a key phrase in them. And, you know, it would be something like meeting, the word meeting, right? And then you could have it automatically, uh, in addition to sending out confirmation emails, schedule prep time for you. Yeah, we're kind of talking in a circle here. We're getting back to that thing I want to make. But the, um, but yeah, this is totally doable and something that's very automation friendly, I think. Definitely. So there's another thing that we talked about. You briefly touched upon this, David, with the following up after a meeting. And you actually have a shortcut for this, which I've stolen and I'm using, which is uh, I take my meeting notes in drafts um, because I love drafts. It's very simple and easy to capture things, but you could do this with pretty much anything. Um, and I have this action, which I stole from you, um, that goes through and pulls out all of the tasks at the end of a meeting so that I can put them yeah. in OmniFocus and process them. Um, and one of the other things that I'm looking at doing is modifying this and adding waiting on actions for things that are assigned to people other than myself. So that I know okay. that, say, for example, I'm waiting for David to get back to me on our super secret members only episode, which will be out next month. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a JavaScript. It's in the, I'm running out of drafts. Anything with a dash in front of it gets added to the OmniFocus inbox. Yeah. You could also... Um, another way you could automate this is with regu regular expressions. You could, um, if you have like people's names in it, you could do a regex search for their names. Mm -hmm. And then you could send emails to them with the parts that are important to them, or even just a copy of the agenda or the, the meeting minutes to them. Yes. I actually covered that in the shortcuts field guide. I built a regex expression to do that. And the trick, you know, the easy trick for that is generally it's only a certain group of people that you're meeting with. So it's easy to, you know, to match a name to an email address mm -hmm. in the shortcut itself. Yeah, definitely. While you're in the meeting, that's one place we're not really talking much automation, but, you know, your usual bag of tricks, you know, text expander is your friend. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I've. I've been experimenting with trying to automatically enable Do Not Disturb on my Mac, uh, but I found it can be a bit finicky to do. If you just Alt and then click on the Control Center icon on Mac OS, then it will enable Do Not Disturb. It's easy to automate that on iOS um, and, uh, you know, just have a shortcut that you run at the start of a meeting that'll create your, your, your notes and uh, enable Do Not Disturb. And similarly, at the end of the meeting to say, hey, don't forget to check on things you need to follow up on. But uh, Mac OS is a bit trickier there. Another shortcut that just occurs to me as I'm sitting here, it would be to uh, just run a beginning of a meeting uh, shortcut on your phone where it, it queries, you know, what's the estimated length and it turns on do not disturb and it starts running a timer in the background. Maybe it pops up an alert when you're five minutes, you know, from the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can kind of remind people to start wrapping things up. Yeah. yeah there, there you could do some, you could use some automation during the meeting Although to be honest, I I just don't I don't find I need that because I'm looking at the clock anyway. 
yeah, same same for me. I, I tend to just do things. There are little automations I do sometimes, you know, like to to reformat stuff and, and things like that using, in my case, predominantly draft sections. But right-click on Mac and you have text transformation, which is great if you need to change the case of something. Yeah, one of the things for me is almost all of the automation related to meetings is iOS-based because so often the iPad is my meeting tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like having the pencil. I can draw pictures of things if we start discussing something. And I think the iPad is much less, you know, intrusive when you're sitting in a room with other people, at least if we ever do that again. But even uh, uh, Zoom meetings and stuff, I, I really like having my iOS device with me when I uh, participate in those meetings. Same. I've been doing meetings almost exclusively on the actual iOS device using my Mac then for, you know, like checking code and other things. Yeah. Makes sense. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Go to mintmobile.com slash automators and cut your wireless bill to $15 a month. Mint Mobile are the folks that can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month with their futuristic approach to wireless. I have a Mint Mobile card. I was sent one and I'm really enjoying it. In fact, so much so that I have got myself an Android phone. That's right. I'm living on the other side of the fence with this Mint Mobile card, and it is working great. It was very easy to set up, pop it in. Activation took no time at all. Network coverage is great. I mean, I've been, to the extent I've been moving around, I've been taking it around with me. I've never lost coverage. It's been working great. And there's some things about Android we're going to have to talk about sometime on the automators. But uh, Mint Mobile is what enabled me to do that, and it just cost $15 a month. Uh, with my existing carrier for my iPhone, $15 a month doesn't even get me in the door. So <laughs> Mint Mobile is great for that. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, there's ample opportunity to take advantage of paying customers like you. This is where Mint Mobile comes in. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you, making it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, and you can stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Just choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Just ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash automators, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R-S. That's right, mintmobile.com slash automators go there now cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash automators our thanks to mint mobile for their support of the automators and all of relay fm okay david so we teased this earlier a little bit uh your favorite way to automate meetings is to entirely avoid meetings is that correct yeah well i mean meetings can serve a purpose they're synchronous communications about a problem that's what they are. You know, yeah. you need everybody in a room, but the problem with it is the cost of it. Everybody, you know, there's a cost to everyone's time. And when you have a meeting, it, you know, it, it scales exponentially depending on how many people you have in the room. Yeah. And the question I always ask myself is, does it need to be synchronous communication? Uh, Basecamp has a great feature 
where you have these messages and people can do check-ins on a message, which is what a lot of people often do in meetings. Like they have a meeting about project X and they go around the table and then Mark says what he's doing. And then Jane says what she's doing, you know, and you go around and everybody listens to everybody else. And sometimes you need that because you need to give each other feedback. But a lot of times it's just informational and everybody's sitting there listening to this stuff as they go around the table. And it just, spins out of control with check-ins you could do that digitally people could just check in on a message board and everybody could get the same information without having to carve time out of their day for a meeting mm -hmm. so base base camp's a great way to do this but i got thinking well as automators how would we do this as automators if we didn't have base camp oh there are so many ways i could do this my first instinct would be like if this is a weekly thing that you need people to do Zapier. Zapier or Integromat, actually, both of them great tools. They can automatically run on a schedule and they can create a document wherever you like. So they can usually connect to like wiki pages, Quip, Google Docs, all of those things. They can just generate it and put it, stamp in the date and time um, or just the date and whatever title it is you want and then send it off with, as an email and say, hey, uh, can everyone just quickly write up, put in their update on this? It could also do it with Basecamp. Um, as well yeah. you know there's tons of ways to do that um and uh i think there i think it was shortcutify for ios is the one with the google docs api in it but don't quote me on that because i'm struggling to remember if it was that app or if it was another shortcuts app it is shortcutify but they only have google drive integration yeah and i do think you want a you, this is not an automation where you generate an email and send it out to the whole team because that just generates a lot of emails and it doesn't keep the yeah. information in yeah. one place. You want a, like a centralized document that everybody can work on. Yeah. And that's why Quip and Google Docs really come to mind as good resources for this. Yeah, You could even automate, like you could have one Google document for the whole Project X. And then you could automate as the person coordinating it, you could automate an entry every week that goes in and sets a new page or a new like heading one. And then you could automate sending an email with the link to the same document. Say, okay, guys, time for a check-in on Project X. Please, you know, log into Google Doc and update us. Yeah. And you could even go further. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, Zapier has an ability to convert Markdown to HTML. Um, but you could also just do this in HTML. As well as adding the heading, you could even add a little table in there. You know, two columns. First column has everybody's names in it, uh, one row one row per name and then the next one is just space for their update so you know it's really obvious who's written their update and who hasn't written their update um, at a very quick glance and it also encourages people to be concise um, which is you know of course really great if you do just want an update uh, i've seen a lot of time get wasted with unnecessary status update meetings uh, my favorite one we had 16 people in an hour and a half meeting at work um, which was i believe three and a half days of people time uh, because we just needed to talk about whether or not people were doing things. It's like, you could have done that with an email. I was in a, um, I, I don't, I didn't, I never did a lot. I represent a lot of construction companies, but I never did a lot of what they call construction defect law, which is where like there's a housing project and the roof leaks and then they sue everybody. They sue the guy who made the roof. They sue the guy who put the wood up. They sue the guy who installed the mini blinds. And I would go to these meetings on the rare occasion I was involved with that litigation and there'd be like 40 attorneys in the room, you know, and they're all charging hundreds of dollars an hour 
<laughs> That's and just money just thinking, being you know, set on fire, basically. Yeah. What, what is the gross national product being wasted in this room where uh, something like a Google Doc or a Basecamp status update would have solved that problem and taken everybody 10 minutes? You know, so it's just, it is crazy. Um, so, so give some thought to that. Though most of those lawyers wouldn't have invoiced for 10 minutes. If it had been 10 minutes, they'd have invoiced for an hour, right? Uh, you know what? Most lawyers are, I, I don't think lawyer, uh, I, I wouldn't. And I know most of the lawyers I know wouldn't do that. They okay. would just charge their time. So, but obviously you're what you're what the good guys, David. Yeah. But the, um, either way, I, I do think that, um, that like giving thought to avoiding meetings with automation tools is something that everybody should do. And, and you know, for me, the Basecamp tool is a real eye opener because I've used Basecamp now in a couple different uh, teams. And I find that it does allow you to avoid meetings with a tool like that. Yes. Yeah, it really can. So uh, exploring other tools which either are automation friendly or are automation tools in and of themselves to avoid stuff like this is definitely a great way of, uh, you know, skipping the meeting, giving yourself a little bit more free time, even if it's just so you can enjoy a coffee in the morning. Amen. Ask the automators. We had someone write in, uh, Michael. He says, I have a recurring task every three days in Apple Reminders. Can shortcuts easily move the task to and from my list uh, to do and today? He says, I'm thinking I'd like to run it at 11.50 p.m. This gives me time to appreciate my day's achievements today and see my new tasks in the morning. And uh, so the problem he has is he's got an irregular recurring event and he's trying to figure out how to automate it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's quite a few different ways that you can look at this. I'm going to start by saying, OK, so we, if we look inside of Reminders um, and we actually just create a task, uh, which I, I'm doing right now live on air because I like to test these things in real time to make sure it's still working. Um, and if you just go in and then you can actually... Um, there we go, date, and then you can add your time, and there we go, and now it's done. So I have a, a due task now, um, but when this repeats, uh, you can set a custom repeat to every uh, three days. So that's doable. So we actually have the task repeating all the time. Now, we don't know if it is just this task that Michael wants to move or if it's all of his tasks. I'm going to assume it's just this one, but if it's one task, then the name should remain the same. Right, David? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going insane here. That's a good start. Yeah. So just built on the repeating task. And and there's nothing wrong with just having, like the, when he used the word, I want to move the task to and from my list. I got thinking, does he mean he wants to uncheck it and then see it again? I mean, I wouldn't do that. I would just create the task again with the same name every three days. But I think that's probably what he meant by the question. Well, what I understood is once it's been checked off. So when it's in to do... Um, then it's not yet due to be done today. Okay, so it's yeah. in to do for two days, and then it moves over into the today view. Um, and he doesn't want yeah. it in the today list most of the time because it's not something he needs to do today, uh, which makes yeah. perfect sense. And then once it's checked off, he wants it to move back. So you could, I would suggest that you have um, probably one shortcut for this, which looks for the task with the specific name inside of the to-do list and if it finds it and it's due um tomorrow let's assume it's running at 11 50 at night for now and if it finds it and it's due tomorrow then it moves it so the, the only problem with this is when you recreate a when you move a task with shortcuts 
you can't move it. You have to delete it and recreate it. Um, and that's where I think things might get a little bit iffy because I'm not 100% certain that when you create a reminder with shortcuts, you can set the repeat interval. I can't help but feel like the reminders team, like they did a big job on redesigning reminders last year for iOS 13. And the day they were working on shortcuts, there was like, maybe it was like a retirement party for somebody or something. <laughs> and they left early that day and then they just forgot, you know, they never kissed because reminders as nice as it is now, it really needs some support from shortcuts. Yeah, it does. So I know that there are there's great support for reminders in the scriptable app. And I'm wondering if you can change the list of the reminder with scriptable. If not, you will almost certainly be able to create a reminder with a repeat interval inside of scriptable. Uh, but of course, the ideal thing would be to just change the list every, you know, every three days. So that if it's yeah. due within the next, say, 24 hours, then it moves to the today list. If it's not due in the next 24 hours, then it moves to the to-do list, the general list. Um, yeah. But the trick is, is finding the right way to do that. I'm pretty certain that scriptable is the right answer here. Um, but that's going to require running an inline script inside of shortcuts. So you can stick inside of shortcuts. You'll just need to have the scriptable app installed as well. Yeah, I think the other problem with Michael's question is the trigger problem. Like he wants to run it at 11.50 p.m. Now, in a couple months when Apple releases iOS 14, this problem is solved because we have a time-based trigger that doesn't require confirmation. So in a couple months, this will be really easy. Um, now, however, it's possible, but a little complicated. How, how would you solve it before we have time-based triggers, Rose? Well, I would suggest that the... Uh, the uh, alarm would be a good way to do this because if you look at the alarm trigger inside of shortcuts, so to start with, I would definitely create this as a shortcut and then use the automation to run the shortcut um, because that way you can also run it manually if and when you want to and for testing, it's much easier. But if you say when your wake up alarm is stopped, so if you use alarms any other time of the day, I know a lot of people do that, um, then I would specifically choose the wake up alarm. That's using the bedtime feature in iOS 13 and the sleep feature in iOS 14. But if you say when your alarm is stopped, um, then run your shortcut, then that will run it first thing in the morning. And most people use their alarm to wake up. So you're not going to see the task before that. Um, and it won't bother you that it's in the list when it's not due today. And it's not in the list when it is due today, I would hope. Yeah. Uh, so that's the way I would do that. And you could also potentially attach it to do not disturb when do not disturb is enabled. Um, but um, that means if you use do not disturb at any other time, such as while driving, maybe going to the cinema, should that be a thing again? Hopefully at some point in the not too distant future, there will be films to go watch in the cinema um, and uh, the cinemas will be open and safe to visit. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're attaching it to a trigger like do not disturb, then you'll have to decide whether or not you're bothered by uh, it potentially disappearing earlier than intended or wait until iOS 14 comes out. I'm hoping end of September. So that's a month away, month and a week um, and uh, do it then. Yeah. So, and if you're going to tie it to an alarm, I think Rose said, but just to make clear, I would tie it to my wake up alarm. Yeah. Forget about the 1150 at night thing. Just when your alarm goes off in the morning, it, it adds the tasks for you and you could do that today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. 
There are just it's just the moving the tasks and the lack of shortcut support that makes us a little bit tricky. Yes. I understand why you got hung up on this one. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that, that is the, the biggest problem. If I get a chance, uh, I will look and see if I can create a scriptable script that runs inline and shortcuts um, to to actually try and move it or at least recreate it with the three-day reminder. Because the problem is, is if you move it and you create it and it's not got the reminder on it, and at some point your shortcut doesn't run, then you're you're not going to have that task anymore because it's going to have been removed by shortcuts, which is great, but also not so great because then you don't do your task every three days anymore. And I'm sure it's important. I mean, I'm really happy overall with the iOS 14 uh, shortcuts improvements. I mean, the time-based trigger is such, it's changed the way I use shortcuts in so many ways. Yeah. And like, I'm going to do update, a free update for the shortcuts field guide with a bunch of stuff. I'm sure Rose will be publishing on it too, but mm-hmm. like setting watch faces in the afternoon, like, you know, going from the watch that has all the data on it to like a 5 PM, switch it to a simple watch face. And just literally looking at your wrist reminds you that you shouldn't be working anymore. Yes. It's great. But I, I'm a little surprised that reminders didn't get more love. I, I thought that was a no-brainer for this year. The only other thing I will say is Reminders does have some built-in smart lists. And one of them is called Today. Um, so I know that uh, Michael has probably got his own personal list for Today where he puts things on there that need to be done today and they're not necessarily due. But there is a Today smart list in Reminders, which um, which hopefully has everything that's due today on there. Um, so that might be worth looking at as well. There's today scheduled all and flagged. Um, and so potentially looking at changing things up to use the smart lists instead might be another approach to that. This episode of Automators is brought to you by DevonThink, the flagship product from Devon Technologies. DevonThink is a professional document and information management application for the Mac, and it helps you collect, file, organize, edit, and annotate all kinds of documents so you can reach digital organizational heaven. Archive all of your email with the Enhanced Email Archiver and scan your paper documents with the Revise Scanner interface. You can even imprint PDFs with custom stamps before giving them to others. Then, organize your documents in any way you want. Smart groups let you create different views on your data, integrated AI assists you with filing and searching, and you can automate your workflow. Create smart rules and add flexible reminders to any document. They even let non-programmers easily automate many parts of the workflow so you can delegate your boring, repeating tasks to DevonThink. And finally, sync your data securely between your devices, using your preferred web storage or even directly on the local network. Take your data with you with DevonThink's iOS companion app. You can get 10% off DevonThink 3 or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com automators. That's devontechnologies.com automators for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, Rose, it's time for us to talk about some automation problems we've solved recently. And um, I've got a couple. Okay, I've got some too. I've been creating problems myself, not intentionally, but moving house apparently is ripe with the possibility for automation. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about yours. You've got, you're doing some omni focus scripting. Yeah, I've actually got quite a few omni focus scripts that I've created. Um, and then some that I've just enhanced for moving. Um, and what I'm going to talk about here today is my inbox parser. Um, and this basically automates going through some tasks in my inbox and filing them automatically for me because there are some things 
which say, for example, if I'm looking at the IKEA website and I see a lamp that I think that looks amazing. And I also spotted that lamp recently on the uh, Philips Hue subreddit uh, with Philips Hue light bulbs in and think that's really cool. I add it to OmniFocus to put it on my shopping list of things to buy from my new house. And if you use, um, I'm using a, a bookmark clip, but if you use the Safari extension, then it will always add it with the title of the page. And of course, this is ripe for automation because it's in the same consistent format every single time. There's always the IKEA.com link in the note, and there's always space-space IKEA at the end of the task. And lots of stores do the same sort of thing where maybe they've got a pipe before their shop name or something like that. Um, and I actually got this idea from Joe Bulick, um, and, uh, he had an Apple script, still has an Apple script where it could automatically parse tasks in your inbox using a format called transport text. Now transport text predates task paper. Um, and it's not quite as flexible. Um, yeah, but it's great for adding things via an automated system where you can get it into OmniFocus via the mail drop. And so it would start with dash dash and then parse things. So to start with, I rewrote that script using Omni Automation. So it looks and if any task in my inbox starts with dash dash, then it parses that with transport text and deletes the original task. So it adds a new task with all of the information and that can be filed completely. And I have quite a few things added through Zapier to my OmniFocus through this, Um, you know, things like, you know, make sure that I've sent David an update on this automators uh, episode, things like that. And so then I just added an else if, um, and I could have done a switch statement. Programmers will probably be aware of this. A switch statement essentially says, hey, if like, look at this thing, if it matches this case, then do this. If it matches this case, then do this. If it matches this case, then do this. I went with if, else, if, else, if not particularly efficient, not particularly pretty, but it's very easy for people to understand. And this script is actually in the show notes. Um, and then I just looked at the task name, and if it includes the space desk space IKEA and the note includes the IKEA website, then it gets my IKEA tag. It changes the task name and removes that space desk space IKEA from the task name, and it adds the IKEA tag. And then I go through, and I've got a couple of other stores here to show you how it works, including one that's actually got two tags that are added to it. Um, and I, I just go through and uh, uh, at at the tasks, and uh, then stuff magically sort of gets tidied up in my inbox. And it's great because I can go through and go, whoa, there's a lot of items by an Ikea. Just assign them all to the right project and I'm good to go. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's saving me a lot of time because I don't accidentally misfile things. And then when I was actually in Ikea the other day, I did not miss things because they were on the wrong list. Yeah, I mean, that makes makes a lot of sense. The, you know, I would, you know, how, when was it when you're a, carpenter when you have a hammer everything's a nail Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so i would have done this with the rather than trying to javascript it i would have just used a choose from menu um, selection like if i because i would i do all shopping on ios anyway so if i was on ios and i hit the share button on a website what i would do is have a choose from menu list and then i would have all of my typical locations because with omnifocus input you can create a separate input for multiple choose from menus so you say ikea then you have the ikea task already mm-hmm. with you know the the context and the notes and everything filled out and then you just put it in i think your system is a little more elegant but probably took longer to put together 
It didn't take that long to put together, actually, um, because if I want to add a new store, I can just duplicate. I think it's five lines in, in total. I just yeah. copy an else if, and then I add a new store. Um, and also, the the last store on the list had it adds both my supermarket tag as well as the store name tag, um, and uh, and so that helps because uh, you know you can see how to do that. And I just like the idea of doing it in. JavaScript, because then I can just add tons of things. I usually go through and open 10, 15 pages inside of, you know, Safari or uh, Firefox um, on my work machine. If I'm, I'm taking a quick break from work, usually like yeah. three pages there. But then I just add them all. And then when I get to it later on whatever platform I'm on, that's why I went with the the OmniFocus automation here with the, with the JavaScript scripting. Um, then I can just run this and it will just clean up my inbox for me. Um, and it's only if I'm doing the create a task with transport text, so that's the things that start with dash dash, um, that it will go ahead and actually, um, cr you know, potentially put it in a project. Most of the time it's just adding tags and I've set my OmniFocus to only clean up my inbox if items have a project. Um, so uh, that that's how that works for me. And honestly, this is a very easy to read JavaScript. So if you want to like get, better at it with OmniFocus. Uh, and Rose, you're going to make this available, right? Yeah, this yeah. One? The link is already in the show notes, prepped for everybody. So, so. Th this is an excellent one to download because it's so obvious when you look at it, even if you're not a JavaScript programmer, you can see how it's very easy. Like, And, and I love the, the step of removing the tag text. So you're essentially using names as tags and you remove the tag. Yeah, I like that. yeah. Because it, it's very easy to spot a pattern with things. And the last thing I want to have inside of my my list um now I'm I'm not using good task naming here. I will just have like name of IKEA thing followed by whatever the title is of the page. That's that's my task. Um and I I might add details at the end in brackets, which is why I don't check whether or not the the space dash space IKEA is definitely at the end um of the task name. Um but I I don't want space dash space IKEA in there when I've already got the IKEA tag attached to my task because I'm, I'm then filtering uh, in perspectives based on that information and I don't need it duplicated. Yeah. Nice. But I'm not the only person who's been automating David. Uh, you know, always, always, you know, trying to find problems you can solve the um, I've been playing a lot lately with, there's a tool called Rome research, which we're talking about quite a bit over on the focused podcast. And it's an, an online note taking app, but it's really a research tool. I mean, it's in the name, but the, uh, if you are reading a lot of things, like a lot of academics use it, I'm using it for some of the stuff I'm doing actually in legal Max Barkey and also just personal interest research. But the thing I, I really like about it is it writes in Markdown, but they've got some Markdown extensions that allow linking not only of titles of, uh, if, for lack of a better term, web pages that you create in Rome Research because it's a web tool but you can link any specific block of text anywhere in it. So like I can have an article and I can link to a specific paragraph inside that article. It's just, it's very clever and uh, I don't need to get into it today, but it, it's something that I've been writing a lot with, but a lot of the things I do, like when I import an article or a, an academic paper I want to read is I want to create a metadata like section for it. And it, it, in essence, creates an outline so you can have like separate like indents on it. And so I have metadata where I list the top, the author's name, the publication, the website link and things like that. So I can always go back and get to the other pieces of it. 
And because once I list the author's name, then Chrome Research identifies that author's name anywhere it shows up in my entire database. So the, you, know, you want to do that. But to have a uniform system for it, everybody's doing all these uh, crazy systems in Rome research about how they're going to track their metadata. And for me, it was really simple. I just made a text expander snippet with indents in it. And now it's always exactly the same every time I go. That's automation, but it's very simple automation, but it works. I'm actually, there's a problem I need to solve with it because Rome research sets also up day pages. So you can track your research based on what days you did the research. Um, but they use ordinals in the date. So it doesn't say January 1, 2020 it says january 1st 2020 ah. <laughs> and uh, uh so i need to put ordinals and dates and i want to do that automatically with text expander so i can not only like call up a specific date but i can put in a code and it'll pick the date two weeks ago or two weeks from now and add ordinals and i know there's a way to do it with javascript but um i'm not like rose i can't just write it off the top of my head i actually have to research that one and uh it's on my list of things to do but i haven't got there yet um Another thing I'm automating is getting text out of Rome Research. So I talked about how they've got extensions on Markdown. And the way you do these blocks is really simple. To link to a, a an existing title, you use two square brackets on either side. So if I have Rosemary Orchard with two square brackets around it, that's going to create a web page in my Rome Research database with Rose's name at the top and a link to every page on which I have listed her name. And... It's great. It's really powerful. But then to link those um, blocks within it. So, and, and then if I have a long explanation of something Rose told me how to do, I could link to that as well with two parentheticals on either side. So I can pull data out of a written document with parentheticals. I can go to links or tags or whatever you call them with square brackets. Uh, but then when I get something I've written in there and I want to pull it out and use it somewhere else, it's going to have a bunch of square brackets and round brackets. And there's even some curly brackets and other like extensions they've added on to add the power to the tool that I don't want in my actual document. Yeah. So I um, export it out and, and I'm obviously not going to go through and hand remove all of that, that coding. Um, I could do a search and replace. I mean, this kind of goes back to the stuff we talked about in the last episode, but the way I chose to do it was um, Keyboard Maestro has a cool feature, which I really should have mentioned in the last episode, um, where you can perform search and replace on text inside the clipboard, which is kind of fun to wrap your head around because always you think about search and replace is, yeah, okay, I put the text in drafts or in text edit or in Microsoft Word. I put it somewhere on my computer and then I do search and replace on it. But what if I did search and replace in memory on the pasteboard? It's not even like physically on your screen. Well, that's really easy to do with drafts. There's a there's a command for it, a search and replace in the clipboard. So I do that there. So when I copy something out of drafts, I have a keyboard shortcut I use. It copies the drafts text, but then it searches for the square brackets and kill those. And it searches for... It just, it runs a whole bunch of like little search and replace routines. And then I move over to whatever document I'm going to write in and I hit paste and it's magically cleaned for me. And that's kind of a nice little script. Yeah, that sounds really good. And there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could uh, do that. I'm, I'm sure you've considered doing it on iOS with shortcuts as well, right, David? Yeah, I mean, but because Rome is such a web tool, mm -hmm. I actually prefer to run it on my Mac. I, yeah. I, that's a, I use it almost exclusively on the Mac. So 
I mean, it does work fine on the iPad, but, and I don't use it. There, there's this whole like cult like personality around this Roam app where people get into it and they do, they want to make it their task manager and they want to make it their diary. I don't do any of that stuff with it. I just use it as a research tool. So it, it's fine. Yeah. the way I've got it. Yeah, no, I, I've seen exactly the same thing with Notion, which I've been trying for a few different things. And there are people doing amazing things with it. Um, and I'm just there trying to use it for, you know, one particular project where I've got some data that just needs to be in multiple formats. And I thought, you know, Notion might be a good place to try it. I think it's fun as a nerd to look at something and try and turn it into an everything tool. But we have this abundance of riches. Like, OmniFocus is such an amazing task manager. And even though Rome is great, Rome will never be as good of a task manager as OmniFocus. So why don't I just use OmniFocus? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> or day one is a great journaling tool and it has end-to-end encryption. And Rome could be a journaling tool, but doesn't have end-to-end encryption. So I'm not sure it makes sense for me to do it there. And so so that's kind of my thought process. But but it is I, I am definitely a believer in this this uh linking. The the links are what make it so powerful. And it's something that I'm gonna be using more of as I go forward. But um, I, I, there are limits for me and, but, but there are some great automation tools for a web-based, uh, system. And if you're an automator, you can really save yourself a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. One other automation I was going to mention briefly is I have talked many times on Mac power users in this show about my dislike for the tagging system in iOS. You know, when you go to add tags to an item, it, it is very difficult because if you have more than 10, you've got to scroll through a massive list and hope you don't accidentally hit a tag as you're scrolling. And it's just Apple has not figured out that we need a search bar when you're applying tags. I don't know. It's, it's, it's stunning to me that after like four or five releases of iOS with this problem, it hasn't been fixed, but there's a solution. I discovered it recently. I think it's been around for almost a year and I just didn't know about it. Toolbox Pro, Alex <laughs> Hay, that guy, man. We right? had him on the show, David. Yeah, I know, but I just didn't, it didn't sink in how easy it is. And so Toolbox Pro, you can apply tags very easily. Again, like on iOS, a choose from menu uh, a shortcut would be a good idea. I did a whole video on this in the paperless field guide that's not out yet, but it will be soon. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, good job. So if you're trying to apply tags on iOS and you're like me and it hadn't, sunk through your thick skull yet um just get yourself toolbox pro get the uh, pay for the uh, additional features it's one of the additional features and you can absolutely tag with um uh with certainty and speed on the iphone and ipad yeah that's i I love toolbox pro i'm been doing some playing extra playing with it recently because i'm i'm doing a little screencast i wrote a screencast online hopefully in the not too distant future um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see, you know, what things can be made available by a developer who just clearly wants shortcuts to be better. And, uh, so, I mean, if Apple tried to hire him, I wouldn't be that upset if all of the features made it over. Maybe. Yeah. I would actually not want them to hire him because I feel like he's going to come up with even more that will oh, take too definitely. long to get through the system. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Very true. Sorry, Alex, we do love you, but we won't let you be hired by Apple. <laughs> but if, if Alex needs good benefits and retirement and stock options, I, I would not begrudge him. Well, this is very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lot of automation, Rosemary. Oh, it was, but it's great. And uh, we're going to have some uh, fun guests on in the not too distant future. And uh, so we're going to dive into different kinds of automation with them, too. 
yeah, we've got some really great guests lined up. We've got some great content planned once iOS 14 ships. We are about to record the member special episode. If you're a member, go check it out. We're going to be talking about our time working for the mouse. And yes. if you're not a member, you should check it out. Yeah, you should. And uh, there's there's lots of fun stuff. This is our annual Relay FM Members Month where you can go ahead and if you are a member of Relay, then you get a bonus episode of every single show, which is not on the same topic as normal, hence working for the mouse rather than trapping a mouse, which was last year, or automation, which is, of course, our day-to-day topic. Yeah, I like how we did that. We went from trapping a mouse to working for one. Yeah, I mean, you know, trapped by the mouse, but in a good way. There you go. There you go. Well, we are the automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. You can get involved with the forums at talk.automators.fm. Thank you to our sponsors, The Uptake, Mint Mobile, and Devon Think. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye, everyone.